Today in our second discussion from 110 Lessons for Life from the teachings of the Commander of the Faithful Imam Ali, may God's peace and blessings be upon him, we want to look at a topic of the various effects that forgiveness have on people within a society. Now we know from the religious teachings of Islam based within the Quran and the teachings of the 14 infallibles that forgiveness is one of the most noble traits that a person can have. And Allah tells us in the Quran that we should forgive and overlook the slips and faults of others just as we would like Allah to forgive our own faults. And in today's discussion we want to look at a very uh, specific tradition, a saying from the commander of the faithful, may God's peace and blessings be upon him, in which he states the following. In the same amount in which forgiveness from a vile individual debases, it has the ability to rectify the situation if from a noble person. Now, we see that this tradition actually can be read and understood in two, two unique and very opposite ways, actually. The first understanding of the tradition we have is that if a noble person, a respectable person, a one who has uh, virtuous moral traits, if he or she ever falls into a slip, a falter within their life, and they go to seek forgiveness from another individual, that that forgiveness which they're asking for and the reciprocation of the, of the act of their, them asking for forgiveness would result in a rectification of the problem and to bring about harmony and unity within a community, within a family, within a society. Because the individual who has carried out that act that they need to seek forgiveness for, they are respectable people. And so therefore, uh, because they're recognized as such, then the people will honestly accept them and they will uh, open-heartedly and open-handedly accept their apology because they know they are sincere, respectable individuals. But at the same time, as the, as the tradition mentions from the commander of the faithful, if such a forgiveness was to be uttered by somebody who is a base, a vile individual, who doesn't respect the laws of Islam or the laws of humanity, and they feel that they can just go on and commit aggressions and commit injustices and just go and ask for forgiveness because they know that the opposite side may accept their apology, as the Imam says that this will actually bring about nothing more than corruption into the society. So this is the first level of understanding of the hadith that we have. The second meaning of this hadith is a bit more profound and again we see the beauty in the words of the infallibles that their words have multiple ways to understand them. And in the second meaning what we are able to glean from this tradition is that when a noble person commits a act of wrongdoing, they commit a sin, they hurt somebody's feelings, they do something which is not in line with the Islamic ethos and they realize their mistake, they realize their shortcoming and they go to that individual and they ask for forgiveness, they ask apologies for what they have done or what they had said or some action which emanated from them that this would also lead to a rectification, this would lead to a balance to be put within society such that this person would no longer be humbled or humiliated they would realize that their asking for forgiveness and their forgiveness being accepted can actually lead to uh, humility being brought within the society. 
But again, on the other hand, that individual who is vile, who is base, who is not one of good moral repute, when they go forth to ask for forgiveness, this may actually give them a greater courage or strength to go and continue to act, act in, in a negative way and to realize, for them to think that, well, I was forgiven one time, I can be forgiven multiple times. And so rather than they trying to correct their, their, moral, their morals, their, their morality, their humanness, rather than them trying to change their character, they see that anytime they ask for forgiveness, it's commonly being accepted. It's not being uh, rejected, that you know, they are able to easily commit a blunder, uh, intentionally do something not right, uh, hurt somebody's feelings, do something not proper, and they know that they will honestly, uh, that they will be easily rather forgiven. And so this doesn't really lead them to want to change their demeanor, to change their, their morals. That because they, again, they know that they have really a carte blanche to do as they want and that they will always be given forgiveness from the other individual. Therefore, in summary, what we understand from this tradition is that when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to us asking forgiveness for others, or even on the other end, us accepting the forgiveness from other people, we have to appreciate that this is not an open-ended uh, equation. It's not something which is easily performed or accepted, but rather there are terms and conditions which are applicable to the act of forgiveness. There are traditions, for example, from the commander of the faithful where he goes into the multiple stages of asking for forgiveness. There are many traditions that talk about this. We don't want to go into all of those, uh, those side discussions today. But suffice it to mention that forgiveness is not just a, uh, a one-way street. It's not just asking for forgiveness and receiving it. It is actually a multi-stage, a multi-dimensional act whether it be between us and the creations of Allah or between us and Allah, that we have to fulfill all of the terms and conditions in order for that action to be accepted by Allah or by the creations of Allah. In closing, when we look at the history of Islam, we see that this is an action which has been manifest throughout the, uh, the, the era of Islamic history. We have the prime example of the Prophet Muhammad, may God's peace and blessings be upon him and his family that when he finally, with his noble companions, when they conquered Mecca, after being banished from the city, after being, uh, you know, having an economic and social and political embargo for so many years, and then being forced to migrate to Medina, when they finally moved back to Mecca, and they conquered the city of Mecca, what is known as Fatul Mecca, that the Prophet, being the man of magnanimity and generosity and benevolence that he is, he gave a blanket forgiveness to all of the people of the city of Mecca. And historians show that a majority of the people, when they were given this forgiveness of the Prophet, they accepted, they humbled themselves, they were willing to ask the Prophet of Allah for forgiveness for their actions that they had done over the many years where they tried to destroy Islam and, 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 and the Muslims and the community at that time. And the Prophet accepted their forgiveness. But we know from historical basis that there were some individuals, some key leaders of the, of, the, of the tribes of Mecca who, even though they were given the opportunity, but they still continued in their belligerence, they continued in their ways of trying to subvert the religion from within, and the Prophet dealt with them in a very unique way. And he made it known that there are again times when this action of forgiveness has to be manifest in the correct way. And again, as we mentioned, that sometimes forgiveness 
can lead to the rectification and sometimes forgiveness can lead to a corruption within society. So the Prophet showed us both examples in the victory of Mecca. But ultimately, as we know, the promise of Allah was true and that the masses came into Islam in multitudes and multitudes of groups and that the religion became victorious at that particular time. And one of the reasons was the Prophet giving an amnesty and a forgiveness to all of those who had hurt him, who had hurt his family, who had hurt the noble companions, and who had tried to destroy the religion over that 20-some-odd year period of the early stages of the religion of Islam. So we close and we ask Allah that we are able to also understand the terms and conditions of forgiveness of how we can implement forgiveness within our, within our lives, that we are given the ability to ask for forgiveness when we make mistakes, and also more importantly, that we are able to accept the forgiveness when people come to us who have done a wrong to us. And then and only then can we claim to be as followers of the Prophet Muhammad, may God's peace and blessings be upon him and his family, and the teachings of the Noble Quran. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.